I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yeah, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Thursday, and I thought I would bring you a special Murph on the Street Super Bowl edition, just going through some of the stats, some of the key trends of uh, the players playing in the Super Bowl, plus any unusual information uh, as well. So uh, I thought I'd start off by <clears throat> going through just the teams and give a bit of information in terms of their stat lines for the regular season. And you can use these numbers to decide on prop bets or for... Um, fantasy, if you're playing fantasy this week or you're doing DraftKings or DFS or anything like that, um, or just uh, just uh, sheer knowledge of trying to improve your knowledge of the game, uh, all these numbers available on Pro Football Reference. Uh, that's where I get all my information from for the most part. So uh, you can go on there and have a look. So if you're listening to the pod and you know, you're maybe even writing stuff down or whatever, you don't need to just go onto Pro Football Reference. And you can find all this information, but I just thought I'd pick out some bits that uh, I think are interesting, and then I'll try and dig out some unusual stats for you as well. So let's start with San Francisco 49ers because they're the away team. So some key things to look at um, here is just, you know, we'll break down some of the positions. And we'll start with Jimmy G. 
he played all 16 games in the regular season. His uh, pass completion percentage was 69%, uh, which is pretty good. Um, very accurate passer. He threw for just a nudge under 4,000 yards, 3,978 yards. Um, his pass, his um, air yards per pass attempt was at 6.5. So to give you an idea, anything, uh, you know, the elite quarterbacks are around about the seven uh, number or higher. So um, it shows that he's probably throwing at a slightly shallower depth of target. Um, I'm not saying that Jimmy G isn't elite, but I'm talking about the key arm strength with the key power offenses through the air. Um, so it shows that Garoppolo was throwing to more shallow targets for shorter yardage. So um, the intended air yards is, is a key one to look at because that kind of tells you where he's kind of looking in the range of six and a half yards. Uh, his average completion air yards percentage was five and a half yards per completion. So it just tells you that it, it just gives you a sort of a rough idea of uh, depth of target, where they're, where they're looking to pass the ball and how far the quarterback is throwing it when uh, for every uh, pass attempt he he makes so he is someone that is very, very controlled he's almost a, a, I hate to put this tag on people but a game manager he's someone that just controls the the tempo play um <clears throat> they you know the 49ers have shown in the last few games especially in these playoffs that they uh, control tempo by running the ball a lot they have a high uh, volume of attempts um they rush the ball and I'll get to the rushing stats uh, almost 500 yards, uh, 500 times this year, 498 attempts. So when we cover off the rushing aspects and we can compare them to Kansas City, you, you start to get a 10 for it. So actually they rushed the ball 498 times and they threw the ball 300, uh, 478 times. Um, Dante Pettis and Emmanuel Sanders both threw one and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G threw the other 476. So it does show you that they do tend to run first. In terms of... Jimmy G's play, we, we've talked about his style of play, but um, they benefited very nicely from yards off the catch. Uh, very good uh, playmakers on the team. Uh, in fact, more so than, than Patrick Mahomes, which does uh, actually um, shock you a little bit, the the pass yards after after the catch. Um, I would have expected that to be the Chiefs. So that was one thing that actually surprised me, is, um, even though the short distance and short um depth of target and short air yards attempts they actually are still breaking those very big plays in the air so they jimmy g's numbers are slightly inflated through great performance of people like debo samuel and raheem Rooster and george kittle etc whereas uh, another quarterback with that kind of uh, intended yards per attempt of, of six and a half wouldn't have the, the near enough four thousand passing yards over the year so um it says that there's a lot of screens in there, a lot of misdirection. It's clever play calling, a lot of credit to the coaching. So it's just something to, to take away there. Um, when we look at the rushing, I've also mentioned uh, 498 uh, passing of rushing attempts, and they went for 2,305 yards, um, which is quite considerable um, in terms of uh, rushing yards per game. They were second in the league rushing yards a game that averages at 144.1 uh, rushing yards a game through the season. They were well behind Baltimore in first place who averaged 206 yards, but ahead of the Titans and Derrick Henry and the Seahawks and the Cowboys. So um, second best rushing attack in the NFL, therefore the best rushing attack remaining uh, heading into the Super Bowl. Now, in terms of the breakdown of their yardage, no rusher actually even broke 800 yards, which said that they really shared the workload. Uh, Raheem Mostert, the guy who rushed for 220 yards in uh, the NFC title game, he actually got, he carried the ball the tied most amount, 137 attempts, the same attempts as 
Tevin Coleman, but he actually didn't actually technically start a game. So he played in all 16 games, but technically was not the official starter on the roster. So they, they, designate, they designate that by who is uh, on for the first uh, running play. So uh, Tevin Coleman was the official game starter for uh, 11 of those games, and uh, Matt Breeder was uh, the starter for the other five. In terms of uh, rushing yards, though, Mahim Roaster had 770 Two, he racked up the most of the first down, so 31. Um, he had the most uh, yards before contact of 475, and he had the most rushing yards after contact. So he was clearly the most explosive back. He also had uh, the most broken tackles on rushes, and he also had the most rush attempts per, or the least uh, rush attempts per broken tackle, um, which is key. It's just that he's a very efficient runner. So all signs point towards most uh, not only just getting a start and not only just based on last week, but actually all season, this shouldn't have been a surprise. He's been the most efficient runner with the most rushing yards um, by a rusher on the team uh, before contact and after contact. Uh, ironically, there is a player on the team who does have better yards before contact than yards after contact um, and average, and that's Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel, uh, the wide receiver, has actually um, had 14 attempts for 159 yards rushing, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, and he was averaging seven and a half yards before contact. Now, a lot of that's due to the scheme and the blocking. And you'll see that they'll use the fullback and uh, tight end George Kittle to block and make those lanes. Um, and that's a really big uh, differential in that because he actually didn't break all that many tackles in those 14 attempts he broke. You say that. Per ratio was was a lot better than anybody else, but two broken tackles uh, of those fourteen attempts, which is which is still pretty good. Um, Matt Breeder was actually the second highest rusher on this team, despite the fact he has been injured. Uh, he started five games, he played thirteen. He had one hundred and twenty three rushing attempts for six hundred and twenty three yards. His uh, his numbers were pretty good in terms of uh, yards before contact, yards after contact. They were under most hurts, but. Um, you know, not much uh, below. Uh, the man that was really trailing this was Tevin Coleman. So he was the official starter in 11 of the games. Of the 14 that he played, he had 137 attempts. He rushed for 544 yards, which is 228 yards less than most uh, on the same number of carries. He also had significantly less uh, yards before contact, almost a full yard before contact less per attempt and almost a full uh, yard after contact per attempt less. So Debo Samuel was just, um, Tevin Coleman was just someone who wasn't incredibly efficient as a uh, running back this season. And someone that, you know, for the guy they signed in free agency, he didn't really come in and, and shoot the lights out as much. And, you know, they're talking about shoulder injury. Does he start? He will be affected because he's a decoy, but ultimately to keep most of it fresh, but, Mostert is the main guy in this lead attack now, and he's the guy looking forward uh, to next season. The other man to potentially watch out for for some trick plays here is uh, Karl Juszczyk. So he uh, only had three rushing attempts in this game, uh, in the season for seven yards. But he is a weapon. He does a lot of blocking as a fullback. He is someone that can potentially uh, do quite a bit there with his legs uh, if given the ball. Um, but we actually tend to see him a little bit more in the passing game. So he's someone to keep an eye on. So moving on to the receiving game, we talked about Jimmy G's numbers and we talked about his uh, completions. So the 331 receptions 
across the season. Uh, the 49ers had one uh, player who broke a thousand yards, and that was George Kittle. He actually was down on his 2018 uh, numbers, so he had a thousand and fifty three. Uh, rushing yards but he only played 14 games he had 107 targets in the season and caught 85 of them so good good percentage there he was also responsible for 53 first downs so if you think he had 85 receptions and 53 of them went for first down that's huge that is big playability that is somebody who is uh, being targeted when it matters to to get those first downs so highly efficient numbers there but the other thing that was uh, really impressive about George Kittle and what continues to impress me is his yards after the catch number. So he's averaging a yards after catch uh, per reception of 7.1. And he actually had of those 1,053, 602 of those yards came after the catch, which again points back to what I was saying about Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of his numbers are slightly inflated because all the players uh, that were catching balls were massively outperforming the air yards because of what they were getting yards after the catch. Um, Yards before or the total yards traveled in the air before being caught. Kittle, if he basically had never run a, a single centimeter after he caught the ball, would have only had 451 yards. But he added an additional uh, 602 yards as a result of his physical ability. So it's really, really impressive stats from, from George Kittle and why he is the all-pro tight end. He also had a drop rate of under 2%. So, uh, again, really impressive. It basically equates to the fact he had just two drops um, on his target so far so in the season. So, uh, highly impressive. Um, Debo Samuel was the next best receiver. He started 11, and he started the season slow, but he ended up with 81 targets, 57 receptions for 802 yards. He was responsible for 32 first downs. Again, really high percentage of first downs per reception, which is great. He also had more yards after catch than he did before uh, yards just catching, uh, yards traveling in the air before being caught. So massive. His yards after the catch is actually bigger than Kittle's, 8.3. So he's a huge, uh, huge big player in this offense. And, you know, if you add his rushing yards, he was just under 1,000 scrimming yards for the season. So it was a, a great performance for the rookie. However, the one area that Debo Samuel will need to improve on is drops. Uh, he dropped the ball 11.1% of the time, so nine drops. So when we're looking at props, there's a couple of things I'd look at for Debo Samuel. The first is... Um, rushing plays. I don't know what the line is. I'm not a, a, a big a big gambler, so I couldn't tell you what the line is on terms of how many rushing attempts. Um, but if uh, if it was around one or two, um, then I would say it's worth having a look at that because um, even though he's only averaging sort of just over one and a bit per game, he's actually averaging two plus in the playoffs. So uh, that's something to look at. The other thing I'd look at with, with Debo Samuel is again, with his chance after catch ability, he could be someone that might be a sneaky little MVP uh, candidate as well. Now, next in the receiving chances, Emmanuel Sanders, he uh, joined midway through the season. So he started nine games and played in 10 for, the 49ers here, he had only 53 targets, 36 yards for 502 yards. Uh, and again, 
uh, he's someone who performed very, very well, but he was the deep threat. So his uh, air yards, um, by the time the ball was caught, was 10.6. Kittle and Samuel was around the five. So when the ball was being thrown downfield, it was going to Emmanuel Sanders. That's another thing to, to look at in terms of the game. If the ball's going deep, it will tend to be number 10, Emmanuel Sanders, that will be there. Debo Samuel is a bit of a, a deep threat, and he did show that in games. Um, but looking at sort of a depth of catch, it would be Emmanuel Sanders that would be more likely to be down there. And it also shows with his yards after catch because um, because of the fact that he was um, downfield, he was catching sort of at st- balls at stride. Um, he, you know, only had 119 yards after the catch, which is significantly less than Kittle and Samuel. But again, he moves the chains of his 36 receptions, 24 of them were for first down. So again, massive uh, performance when he was catching the ball. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was, again, is another player to watch out for in terms of moving the chains. So he, again, he didn't start any games, um, but he had 44 targets, which he caught 30 of them. But 23 of those were for first down. So, again, another player. Those four, you know, especially Kittle, Samuel Bourne, they're going to be the guys in short yardage when you're looking at uh, third and five, third and six. Um those are the guys that you'll be expecting to be targeted. Kittle will probably draw a lot of attention, might be the blocking. So Kendrick Bourne might be a third down guy here to to keep an eye on. I mentioned use check with his 20 receptions. He's someone that could probably get a bit of work in this game. The running backs don't tend to catch the ball all that much. Um, across the season, Tevin Coleman had 21 receptions. Uh, Raheem Mostert had 14 receptions. Both had 180 yards uh, receiving. Um, Breeder had 19 receptions for 120 yards. Um in fact, uh, Breeder had negative uh, negative yards uh, before catching. So, so um, the total air yards of all of his 19 receptions was minus seven, which is just crazy. So he's getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage when he was playing, but we're not expecting him to do too much in this game if he's even fit. Now looking at the defensive side of the of the, uh, of the team um, the thing that really struck me when I looked at the 49ers was how low their interception numbers were so um, I was really surprised that they actually don't get that many turnovers through interceptions which I thought was just um, was just mad I thought that they would be so much higher than that in terms of uh, in terms of interceptions but they were you know a team that didn't really get that many turnovers from from interceptions uh in the 2019 season uh they ended up with 12 and that would put them in a tie for 17th with the buccaneers the jets the texans the falcons so when you're talking about elite offense or elite defenses here one of the things you look at is uh, how frequently they're turning the ball over and this is somewhere that actually the Kansas City Chiefs have a, a bit of an advantage in because they turn, they had 16 uh, interceptions on the season. Um, so they were tied for fifth in the league. I mean, miles behind the Patriots with 25 and the Steelers with, with 20. Um, so UK, you're looking at that and go four interceptions, but it is a bit of a trend that the 49ers sort of a uh, great scheme, uh, you know, great sort of reducing the amount of yards you get. Um, slightly better on offense than, than people uh, tend to tend to think they are, but they're not forcing as many turnovers as you would think for a defense that is considered to be one of the league's best. And the same goes when you're looking at their, I mean, 
they outperformed, which is really bizarre. They actually had more uh, fumble recoveries when they had 15 uh, this season than they did uh, interceptions, which I just found fascinating. But they, when it came to their interceptions in the regular season, uh, they actually ran three of their 12 interceptions uh, back, but two of those were week one against Tampa. Uh, they returned for their 15 fumbles. Two of those went back. Whereas when we're comparing that for uh, comparing that for the Chiefs, the Chiefs were a team that didn't force as many fumbles. Um, as mentioned, they already had more interceptions, 16 interceptions. Uh, one of them went back for a, t- for a pick six, but it's just seven seven uh, fumble recoveries. But two of those went back for for touchdowns. So, you know, looking at total turnover numbers um, across these teams. They're actually remarkably similar. 23 for the Chiefs in, in the regular season and 27 for the 49ers, which isn't as big a gap as I was expecting, especially as the, the interception rate was was very low. The other part that really shocked me with when we're looking at the defensive numbers here, and appreciate these are just numbers, right? They're not the, the end-all, uh, be-all of everything, but it was sacks. So watching the 49ers back in the first uh, 12 games, they were leading the league in sacks. Um, They had 44 sacks in their first 13 games in the season, Uh, first 11 games of the season. Apologies. Um, 44 sacks, their first 11 games in their last five games. They had just four sacks. Eric Armstead was someone who was looking to get to the pro bowl. He had 10 sacks early doors, didn't get another sack past week eight or nine. So the, the San Francisco 49ers uh, ended up with 48 sacks on the season. Um, the Chiefs finished just behind them uh, on 45. So not much to split between them for for, safe, for, uh, for sacks. So again, when you're looking at uh, the numbers on the 49ers, this is, this is, you know, as much as I do these stats, I absolutely love stats. This is living proof that stats aren't all everything you need to know because all these numbers kind of point that these two teams are very similar when it's not the case. We know that the 49er scheme is, is what they're known for. Um, it, it's what they do. Um, but you know, they had the other thing that was, that was really interesting with the 49ers is they um, gave up less total points than the chiefs. Um, sorry, the 49ers gave up more total points than the chiefs, 479 in the regular season versus 451 for the chiefs. They had a slightly harder schedule the 49ers. So that kind of explains that. But they had less uh, less tackles on the season. They had just a few more sacks, but not a lot more um, safeties. Neither team forced a safety in the season. We've talked about the inceptions. We talked about the fumbles and the touchdowns. So these teams, statistically, for for defenses, when you're looking at just the big areas, actually are remarkably similar. So, um, but the the things that will separate these two teams are areas such as pressure, pass rush, uh, how many times they blitz, um, how many times they hurried the quarterback, how many times they um, knocked down the quarterback. And those are the areas that when you really drill into these teams um, is where you'll see um, a bit of a difference uh, between them. But the other part as well is actually just the fact that the defense for the 49ers was on the field uh, less because they were... Their offense was keeping the ball. Uh, you know, they won. They won one more game than the Chiefs, but there was games that you know when you had uh, Mahomes out, that the defense was on the field an awful lot, carrying out a lot of work. So therefore, gave them more opportunities to uh, to carry out more work. So that's why the results are in terms of um, the key statistics are either even or slightly skewed, but not a huge difference. But 
there's a lot of very, very good players for um, the 49ers. Um, we, you know, Richard Sherman rightly is getting uh, all the kudos here when it comes to his coverage as a DB. Um, and everything that he is doing at the moment is just uh, absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he's pick six, he's, he's uh, making interceptions at, at key times. You know, everything they're doing at the moment is just uh, absolutely brilliant. But, you know, the, the stats, again, if you're just sort of studying the stats, they, they don't kind of make the end or be all. Um, but the key advantage in this game will be the... Um, will be the run blocking because that is an area that or sort of the run defense and run blocking because that's where the the, the, the trenches have been built and this is what John Lynch and uh and Carl Shanahan have been working on since they've been there. They've been really, really big on building in the trenches. So when you look at their run blocking, for example, the second best uh team in the league when it comes to uh run blocking power successive uh 50% which is which is amazing you know they're just really 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 good at you know stopping the run and uh and and, and blocking the run so not giving up a lot of yards um and the same goes when you're looking at the pass protection so when skewing when factoring in everything that they do from a pass protection perspective they were second in the league as well um, adjusted sack rate was was nine point one percent, which we've talked about. Their sacks weren't weren't as high as other teams, but that's a lot of it was down to the amount of time they were on the field. When they were on the field, they were making those plays, uh, which is key. Kansas City were nowhere near that. So when you're looking at these numbers, like we're from DVOA and PFF, you'll see. Well, hang on a minute. If I look at the stat numbers and I look at the sacks, you know they're pretty close as as, as, as Murphy's saying. But actually, a lot of it is down to that time of possession, and a lot of it is just down to the play from uh, the individual. So the 49ers had less, especially the defensive line, had less time to impress, but still put up really impressive numbers. So um, don't be skewed at just the top line numbers, and that's kind of what I'm trying to convey here uh, in this. Um, talked about Sherman, talked about his uh, his season. Um, you know, he had a very, very impressive season, uh, three interceptions. He, you know, did a lot of work there in, in the backfield and making sure that uh, there was a lot of restrictions in terms of uh, yards his way. Uh, he only gave up one touchdown in coverage this season. You know, he gave up uh, less than 400 yards in 15 games past him, which is uh, highly impressive uh, for the position that he plays. Um, same goes with Mosley on the other side. Mosley was, again, uh, phenomenal. Uh, played uh, all 16 games. He um, only gave up 392 yards in pass coverage. Uh, which again is is fantastic. So um, we talked about, and you'll get so much to talk about uh, the front uh, the front three. We've got Armstead who led the team in sacks, but didn't have a sack after week eight, week nine. Nick Bosa, the rookie, he's someone that had a fantastic season as well. So um, all in all, uh, when you're thinking about potential prop bets, I would say this. I think one, this is potentially a high scoring game. I gave my um, prediction the other day where I said it would be uh, 37-34 and that's something I do stand by at this moment so I do think it's potentially a high scoring game um, so that's something to think about um, the other things and looking at uh, potential stat lines is I'm looking at Kittle I think he's someone that could have a big game I think uh, Jimmy G is going to be forced to potentially put the ball in the air uh, and pass more so that's something that you can expect so players like Debo Samuel, 
Emmanuel Sanders, George Kittle. But watch out for those utility guys, Kendrick Bourne, etc. I spent a lot of time on the 49ers there, probably more than I thought I would. So I'm going to jump over to the Chiefs. Um, so this isn't too long. Now, Patrick Holmes, we knew, was injured for two games. So he started uh, He started 14 games. Matt Moore started the other two. Um, Matt Moore was surprised when I looked at that. And there's two games that, where he actually played in six games. Um, the odd snap here and there. Mahomes obviously got injured. That was one. Then he played. He actually started two. So he played in six games. Really, he only played in about two and a half. He threw the ball 91 times, which I was really shocked at. It was something that I wasn't truly uh, expecting when I, I looked at that. But, um, you know, he, he did an adequate job uh, when he played. Now, when we look at Mahomes, Mahomes, the reigning MVP, he would probably lose that title on Saturday. Uh, he had a completion percentage of just under 66%. Um, he actually threw for more yards in two less games than Jimmy G just broke the 4,000-yard barrier. Now, his uh, intended uh, air yards was 8.8. That's what I'm saying. He's more likely to throw the ball downfield. Um, he's more likely to uh, make those plays. And then uh, completion was actually a full yard. Um, so he, for every completion he makes, he's throwing the ball one yard further than Jimmy G, which if that trend continues on Sunday, that's going to be very interesting because that's where they will build up an advantage uh, if that stays the way it is. But it is a one-off game. So there's a little bit to kind of watch about uh, for that. Now, Mahomes did have in these 14 games, uh, 1955 yards um, after the catch and 2,076 yards um, that were... Uh, completed their yards that were caught at, you know, past the line of scrimmage, um, how far the balls traveled before it was caught. So he threw the ball further in two less games uh, by a couple hundred yards. So if he'd done a full 16, it'd be you know, trending up to, you know, over 300 into 400. So, you know, you don't need me to tell you that Mahomes is the more elite quarterback, but it, the key interest there is that he throws the ball further. He relies less on yards after the catch and more on, um, completed attempts but I mean obviously he still relies on those um, yards off the catch but less so than Jimmy G to make his numbers favourable <laughs> now uh, the running game here is interesting because uh, they rushed the ball 375 times and they managed to accumulate significantly less yards um, I told you that the 49ers was 2,305 the Chiefs ran the ball for 1,569 yards so significantly less uh, 750 yards less um, acquired a lot less first downs about uh, 20 odd less first downs through running the ball and all the numbers just are in significantly inferior to the 49ers you got Damian Williams who started six games playing 11 he was the lead rusher in terms of 111 attempts but he only managed to achieve 498 yards McCoy started uh, the other nine or he started nine games he rushed the ball 101 times for 465 yards um, they combined for uh, 48 uh, 46 first downs I told you Raheem Mostert on his own got 31 so again when it came to uh, Damian Williams was really really inefficient in terms of um, yards before contact uh, highly inefficient he was getting hit um, 1.3 yards after <laughs> that was, he was traveling 1.3 yards before getting hit so it says that the offensive line uh, in all these numbers the Sean McCoy was 2.6 which is significantly less than what my most uh, breeder even Coleman um, both of these guys failed to outperform Coleman um, and that says that the offensive line is not producing the holes as regularly that they're not giving them as clear a lanes um, but what they are doing quite well is um, 
yards after contact. Williams was getting 3.2 yards after contact, which is, um, you know, highly impressive, a lot more than uh, most dirt breeder and Coleman. So he was, when getting hit, he was bringing guys through, including McCoy, even he got two. Um, Williams was a broke 15 tackles, which is highly impressive on that uh, short attempt count. So uh, really impressive numbers from Williams, considering that he probably didn't have the best offensive line. Uh, but I mean, I'm not saying that the Chiefs offensive line is bad. It's, it's, it's good. It's just not as good as the 49ers. When we look at the receiving numbers, um, Terry Kill obviously got that big injury, so he didn't break a thousand yards. The only thousand yard receiver on his team was Travis Kelsey, the tight end. Um, on his 97 receptions, he got a first down 65 uh, times, which is huge. Um, 1,229 yards. Terry Kill ended up with uh, 58 receptions off 12 games. He was injured for, for four games. Um, he ended up with only 860 yards this year, but no doubt if he'd played those extra games, he'd easily broken the 1,000-yard barrier. Um, he was uh, quite a deep threat in terms of yards before catch uh, per reception. He was catching it 10 yards down the field, 10.1 yards. Um, his yards after catch uh, slightly affected due to the injury, but he was still averaging 4.7 yards after catch per reception. Uh, Sammy Watkins was next. Uh, he uh, started 13, played 14 games, 52 receptions, 673 yards. Again, a uh, pretty decent uh, distance of uh, air yards by some reception, 7.2, um, 5.7 yards after catch. Edge. He was quite effective. Uh, Travis Kelsey surprisingly had um, quite a high number of drops this year. He had, he had eight this year, uh, which was an increase on, on last year. And unlike the... Um, backs for the 49ers the Chiefs receivers do tend to get involved a little bit uh, Chiefs running backs tend to get involved a little bit more Damian Williams caught 30 balls this year um, the Sean McCoy caught uh, 28 boys, uh, balls this year Darrell Williams 15 in the games that he played what's again interesting is similar to what I mentioned with the uh, 49ers is that the Chiefs are, are catching the ball um, behind the line of scrimmage which isn't uh, necessarily a huge surprise um but it's sort of how far back so damian williams was uh not catching it very far behind the line of scrimmage but sean mccoy was actually significantly behind the line of scrimmage when he was making his catches which is a, a slight change but both those guys uh yards after the catch you know 7.7 and 8.4 respectively so um both of them very good there um getting those additional yards and, and powering through now, I've covered off a lot of the uh, defensive uh, sort of team stats. So some of the the, the highlights here is uh, Tyro Matthew uh, led the team in interceptions. He had four interceptions. He's been absolutely outstanding this year. Um, he, you know, is given up uh, only 400 yards from uh, scrimmage, which for safety is, is incredible. Um, really high number of, of, of tackles, uh, 75 um tackles he had this year uh, he does miss tackles though um, he had a, a abnormally high uh, miss tackle rate 14 miss tackles uh, only one Fornhill the, the rookie uh, matched him in that area so uh, area of the game that he um, he perhaps needs to uh, keep an eye on but um, you know he did only uh, give up two TDs in the past coverage this year um, one of the weaknesses um, that the the Chiefs uh, have is whilst uh, Traveris Ward had an absolutely outstanding season, um, 
he did give up 629 yards in, in pass coverage. He did only give up the one TD, though, but 430 yards in the air, 200 yards after the catch. Richard Breeland actually gave up um, five touchdowns to the secondary corner. So that's clearly the guy that they're going to be targeting. Um, he did not finish with uh, as many tackles, nowhere near as many tackles as, as Ward. So he and it was significantly more missed tackles despite uh, less um, plays involved in. So that's something to keep an eye on, that that might be a weakness that when they're trying to get um, Emmanuel Sanders or Debo Samuel the ball, it might be Bashar Breeland uh, as the cornerback that they will really uh, fancy their chances against. The linebacking core is strong here and um, let's also not forget, uh, they do have some weapons on on that defensive line uh, as well. So um, you've got Frank Clark. He had uh, eight sacks this year. You Chris Jones, who uh, should be back for this game, who had nine sacks. So they are a threat um, in getting those sacks. Again, they were only just a couple of sacks behind uh, the 49ers, even though you know, the 49ers did spend uh, less time on the field. Um, let's cover off injuries uh, really quickly. So uh, players to watch out for for Sunday. Now, there's a, a number of players out in this game um, that are on injured reserve. Um, Jared McKinnon, who's been out all season. Uh, Marquis Goodman is uh, an injured reserve. Um, you know, you've got you know, Derek Kindred is another player who's who's been out the majority of the season as well. Um, but, you know, the ones to keep an eye on for the weekend, uh, Quan Alexander, he is in limited practice right now. Uh, Tevin Coleman, he's also limited. Uh, so they're the big two uh, to, to watch out for. Quan Alexander has been uh, excellent this season for the 49ers. So uh, when he has played, but, you know, is recovering from, from injury. So he's someone to, uh, someone to keep an eye on um, because I think he'll make a, a big difference. Uh, as for the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are... Um, at a bit of a healthier spate, they do have um, some players who have, you know, finished for the season. Uh, Emmanuel Ogbert uh, is a big loss. Alex uh, Okafor is another player whose, whose season has finished one Thornhill. Um, those guys are, are, have been missed, but they do have uh, practicing full. Travis Kelsey, there's a slight injury concern, but he looks fine. Uh, Chris Jones as well uh, is another player who uh, looks like he's going to be a go, and that will be a huge, as I said, he led the Chiefs in. Um, in sacks this year, so he is someone as well who could be a huge addition. Um, so, but in full practice, should be uh, ready to go for Sunday. So, uh, both those players uh, are ones to keep an eye on. But again, full practice means that they should be uh, a okay. Um, last couple of bits just to share with you before uh, we go. It wouldn't be both on the streets without some uh, outrageous stats. So, um, let's start with uh, Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel's career, including playoffs so far, uh, has started with a rookie season that rivals two Hall of Fame 49ers. He has more receptions uh, with 62 than Jerry Rice 53 and Terrell Owens 36 had as rookies. He's also had as many 100-yard games as Rice and Owens has combined as rookies. Uh, he's had three, Rice had two, Owens had one. Patrick Mahomes um, has 107 more rushing yards than Jimmy G this postseason. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has 106, Jimmy G has minus one. It's the third largest playoff rush differential between opposing quarterbacks entering a Super Bowl uh, in history. Uh, for those of you that wanted to know the largest, it was uh, 2012. Colin Kaepernick had 202. Joe Flacco had 16. So the gap was 186. The 49ers are playing in the Super Bowl after finishing 4-12 and 12 last season. Only one team 
has won four games or fewer in a season uh, that went on to win the Super Bowl the ensuing season. Uh, which team was it? And that was, of course, uh, the 49ers. Uh, who did that in the past. So 49ers offensive assistant Katie Sowers will be the first woman and first openly LGBT coach in Super Bowl history. It's her fourth season in the NFL and second as a full-time offensive assistant with the 49ers, um, which is great to see that diversity coming through. Um, teams that win the coin toss are 24 and 29 all-time in Super Bowls, but teams to win the coin toss have lost five, or teams to win the, the coin toss have lost five consecutive Super Bowls. The Seahawks in Super Bowl 48 were the last team to win the coin toss and be crowned champions or win the coin toss and be crowned champions so if uh, the team who wins the coin toss they're pretty much nailed on to lose according to that stat so uh, maybe if you're not wanting to watch the game just watch the coin toss and you'll, you should know the result um, uh, only three players in NFL history have won an MVP and reached the Super Bowl within their first three seasons um, that's Kurt Warner, Dan Marino, and Patrick Mahomes. So is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Time will tell. Andy Reid uh, uses shift motions at or below league averages head coach of the Chiefs from 2014 to 2017, but increased that to the sixth highest rate in 2018, uh, 55% uh, in Patrick Mahomes' first season starting QB in the fourth highest rate, 62% this season. So it says that you can teach an old dog new tricks with the right with the right values. So there should be a lot of shift motions um, because it's something that Carl Shanahan also does. So um, it's been his defining feature, at least dating back to his time as the Browns OC in 2014. But the past four seasons, his offenses have really pulled away from the NFL. So in 20. Uh, 15, uh, 59% and he led the league in shift motions in 2016, 66%. Um, sorry, 2017, 66% led the league. Uh, 2018, 70% led the league and they're 79% this year. Uh, all of these uh, marks led the league. Per Next Gen stats, 16 of Patrick Mahomes' 17 interceptions since 2018 have come from come versus four or fewer pass rushes. Mahomes' interception percentage is 35 Percent when those four rushers get pressure and 1.2 when they do not. The 49ers are getting pressure rushing four on 33.5% of dropbacks with D Ford on the field in 2019. So again, that's something else to uh, watch out for. And last one to say that Raheem Mostert, I'll finish with Raheem Mostert because how impressive his performance was in the title game. Raheem Mostert is the only player in NFL history of 150 rush yards and three rushing touchdowns in a single half of football. And he's the only player in NFL history of 200 plus rush yards and four plus rushing TDs in the playoff game. Can he do the same in the Super Bowl? Time will tell. It is almost Super Bowl time. This is Thursday night. We have tomorrow the uh, representative of the Chiefs and a representative of the 49ers having a bit of a question time scenario to convince you who to follow if you're a bit unsure and then Stocks and I will be back to give our Super Bowl roundup predictions give you all the latest news and maybe a bit more japery in there at some point over the weekend but until tomorrow Rush Nation keep rushing
you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.